Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the D-Hoop University podcast. This is your host, Daryl Harris, and this is a bit of a special offering so far in episodes that have come out. This is, as you'll hear very quickly in the listen, a reunion of sorts. I got to bring my guy Chuck in here so we could talk specifically NBA draft, NBA draft lottery, sat on this episode for a day, the lottery's tonight, think it's the perfect time to get it out. We've been kind of biding our time because instead of giving surface predictions on these first two series, we just like, we're wanting the games to be played. So this is coming out in advance of the lottery reveal and you will get another episode shortly with recap of game one in the Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and the Nuggets. And we're going to bring in uh, our Miami affiliate. We, we're starting to show the network here, folks. We got we have our Dallas correspondent coming on right now, who's also our draft correspondent. And later tonight, we're going to have our Miami Heat aficionado join the, join the team and for some timely conversation. So that should be fun. Enjoy this lottery preview. If your team's in the lottery, may the odds ever be in your favor. I pray that your team doesn't get Wemby. <laughs> Without further ado, let's talk some draft. First of all, say it ain't so. The return of the half-court trap for the one time. I'm here with my guy. Haven't got to see him in a minute. And uh, right on schedule here with Chuck. Go ahead and uh, talk to the people. What's up, Daryl? How you been? I uh, appreciate you having me on, making some time talking to me today about the draft and looking forward to catching up a little bit. No, 100%, dude. Um, it's funny just because I really will keep in mind things that you tell me about prospects. And so, like, with this draft in particular, I, I just like, you know what? I need to hear Chuck. I need to get his input and see where I feel. So with that, let's kind of just start at the top because if there was a consensus number one overall pick in any year, it's this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've got like a little page of notes that I've taken over here on my phone. Um, and I didn't take any notes for Wimby. I just have the word Victor in big, bold letters. And then I have Wimby. Right. Yeah. We're like, what? I mean, the stats are unbelievable, but like with any prospect, it really doesn't make sense or have any context until you kind of watch a little bit. And every time I watch him, I, I feel uncomfortable <laughs> because somebody that's his size and his length shouldn't be doing what he's doing and have the skill that he has. Um, so I, I actually have a very real concern that he will like, break the game of basketball. Um, if he acclimates the way that he could and if he stays healthy and has longevity. Now, again, those are all huge question marks given his size and given that we've never seen anyone like him before. Yeah. Um, no, that that's a no-brainer that we're along the same lines because I'm of the mindset of, like, there's no hyperbole with this guy, with yeah. the projections or just whatever you want to predict you know, him to be as a player, whatever the numbers are. I'm like, no, nothing's off the table. Like, I, I don't. And it's, I don't know a movie to compare it to, 
but it's like you've seen the trailer and it's just like, oh, count me, count me yeah. in, like 100%. I haven't kept up with what the Metropolitans have been doing on the day to day, but it's like, no, I think he's, I really can't wait. I just looked at the calendar and was like, this is less than two months away. This is more like six, seven weeks away. Say he plays a summer league game and that's out here. Say Does he, he need to, one. though? But say we just get one. Zion played in one. We'll see. I mean, he's he's been a professional for a couple of years, and I'm I'm right. I'm not sure if their season is still going, but I know their season runs at least partially concurrent. Luca, Luca didn't run in summer league, did he? I don't know. I I don't think he did. He like won a a national like a like a Euro league title and like MVP that summer instead. Yeah, he was busy. Um. But that's another thing we have to remember is, I mean, he's already been a professional for a little bit, so. Now, what that, the, uh, sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. That You can factor that into this question, too, but um, what team intrigues you kind of the most at the top? Because that's the other, that's the only variable kind sure. of left. Yeah, that's the only variable left in it is where is he going to land up? So, I mean, it's also the team that probably scares me the most with him at the top, and that's just San Antonio, given their track record and proximity to the Mavericks. Um, that would be awful. I would hate that. I think San Antonio won't get it because they've only been in the lottery now like two years. And I, and I think the ping pong balls don't work like that. <laughs> I think okay. there's 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 mad juju to the lottery. And I just – you know, that's my take. They might. But I, I, I don't feel like he is, and I would hate it as well. It, it, I mean, I think Detroit be everybody's would be the nightmare. Detroit would be the most fun, but I think San Antonio would be the best for him. How do you like him in Houston? I mean, so Houston has more talent on the roster than San Antonio right now, and there's a reason him being in San Antonio would scare me more. Um, I don't think there's a great culture right now in Houston, and I'm not sure how serious all of those guys are. He made you know, I know he's serious about some things. <laughs> what about in uh, Charlotte? I could see that. I mean, it would be a lot of fun just letting him run with LaMelo, and if Book Knight ends up developing into anything, that's – you know, the skinniest team of all time, but could be a lot of fun. Get MJ's hands on them. And you know, you know what? That team I, I saw the other night, that team was 43 and 38 or whatever the number is well, two look, years here's, ago. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. You could put Vic on any team in the NBA and convince me that they're making the playoffs next year. Like I'm he, on the, he's particularly on the same page. impactful. And same so – that's why it's almost a new point talking it about. It doesn't like, matter. What, yeah, yeah. I mean, really, the only thing I think that is potentially preventing him from ascending quickly to the top ranks of the league is can he stay healthy and how quickly is he going to acclimate not only to the American game, but just, you know, the culture of being over here. Yeah. No, man, we're excited. That That's in two days as of now, maybe sooner as of when you're listening, so. It, it that's got some momentum behind it looking at the rest of the field it's funny because i just looked at a mock draft to you know get back in the mindset and when right. you know the mavericks snug pick number four. <laughs> oh, did we now 
<laughs> you sure did. <laughs> and man, I, so are you going scoop next wherever, or does you do you think it depends on the team? I mean, I I, I think there are some you know team dependent questions there, just because Scoot is a clear lead guard, ball dominant guard, and if that's something you already have squared away, then sure you may have to evaluate if you want to keep your current player, or go get Scoot, but it doesn't really make sense to have both. Um, so I could see one of the Thompson brothers or maybe even Brandon Miller sneaking up there. Uh, it's number two, just if it's the best fit for that team. Um, but just in terms of overall talent and what I see, I mean, Scoot is. You would love Scoot at number two? Yeah. I mean, yeah. not not for Dallas, because Dallas is one of those teams where it just makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. But maybe. but maybe, too. Maybe. But we, yeah. we need – I mean, look, if we take somebody under six foot six, I'll probably riot just out of principle. Well, if that's the case, the options would be a plenty because I'm looking over the board and I'm like, yo, why is everybody six foot eight, six foot nine, bouncy, a little range? It's it's a funny snapshot draft class and recruiting class of the era that these players are coming out modeling right. their games after. So, you know, we've seen Giannis a couple years now and just, you know, unconventional positions. And I don't know how I would really differentiate a handful of these guys outside of, you know, Scoot, probably Brandon Miller towards the top. And then they're so similar at face value. It's kind of so, like taking names out of the hat. I'll let you talk about whoever you really want for me, to from that point forward. For me, I, I push back a little bit because I, I almost think Scoot is on a tier of himself, tier of his own below Wimby, but ahead of Miller and the Thompson brothers and the rest of the class. I mean, he is bar none the most athletic player in this class. He attacks the rim like it insulted his mother. He has a great change of pace. He shifts gears better than anyone I've seen probably since Derrick Rose. I mean, he... It's reminiscent. Him, yeah, it, it's it's like, but he's so much bigger. Yeah, it, he's he's built right. I mean, you see John Moran, you see John Moran take all of these hard falls, and you know you worry how long he's going to be able to continue to get up from falls like that. And I just think Scoot's built a little bit sturdier, but has that same kind of ferocity and that same kind of mentality. Yeah, I look at I look at guys like Jimmy Butler when they're like having moments it's like that guy's like made of something a little different yeah or like he's put that now, into his body he's 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 got to work on his jump shot and he's got to get a little more consistent in that area but just he's got a great feel for the game he attacks he's got a great nose for the ball on both ends he's a good rebounder um you know i i think that's somebody that is going to have a pretty immediate impact in the league uh, especially if he lands in a good situation for him No, I'll let you I'll let you ring off a couple more guys. Uh so another guy that I really like, and I've really liked him for a couple of years now is Keontae George coming out of Baylor. He was on my list to ask you about. Yeah. So he's um I mean, really since his senior year of high school, he's looked like a polished NBA scorer. Uh he's just he's got a variety of moves. He can finish around the basket. He's not the best athlete. 
I mean, he will he will be able to dunk on you and he will, you know, body you up, but he's not going to just blow past you in most situations. Um, but very high-level shot maker, can get space whenever and however. Um, just very, very smooth. He didn't close the year very strong, and he does need to improve his efficiency a little bit. But, I mean, he was taking a lot of difficult shots at Baylor and really – really impressed me every time I watched him play. Something about his game does just give off NBA. It's it's Bradley Beal-esque. Like, Beal didn't have the best it's freshman polished. year Florida. Yeah, but he just looked so polished that everything seemed like it was going to translate really, really well. And that's kind of how I feel about Keontae George, too. I was hoping for that to emerge, like, at the tournament and stuff, but it that doesn't usually reflect the best on – you just don't get the opportunity to show everything during the tournament. Um, but that's uh, interesting. You see him maybe going as high as what? Mm, I mean, I think, I, say, I think, I think six or seven is probably a ceiling and like 12 is probably a floor. It, there's a lot of, you know, these forwards ahead of the guards in this draft. Outside of Scoot, of course. In, I, I think it it depends how you classify the Thompson twins. How so? Talk talk to me about these guys, man. Because for one, I don't know how serious people are taking this overtime thing. I for one am unfamiliar. On a so I mean I paid attention to it level, but so it's they're off the, the radar same, for me. It's not the same level of competition as G League Ignite or probably even college. Um, so like, like are these the guys who like Lamelo was on team on teams with in high school? I don't know, I don't know about all that, but <laughs> I, they're they're both incredible athletes. They're old yeah. for the class, and so that's another thing where it's like, how developed are they already? Um, and neither of them can shoot, but they're both exceptional defenders. They're both incredible athletes. Um, I believe Amin is the one that's a little bit more of a lead guard. And Asar is a little bit more off the ball. But I, I, I 50-50 shot. I'm sorry if I'm wrong on that. Yeah. But the, at six foot what? Seven? Six seven-ish. Okay. Six six, six seven. I mean, they're they're definitely NBA athletes and they're definitely NBA defenders. Um the jump shot's gonna need to come around a little bit for them to be the weapons they can be on offense. But if it does, then you know, both are very high-level players. So I'll, th- I'll toss a question at you here because somebody who I think, like, similar to a Tyler Hero where maybe I could see it, but, like, he didn't go top 10. You know what I mean? Grady Dick. I I'm have a feeling there. that he might be a baller because you know, you know he's got a shot. Like, you know he's yeah. got a jumper. I I mean, he does have a jumper. I really – he seems a lot more proficient from the stationary setting than like Tyler Harrow was more adept, I think, at coming off the dribble. And may, right. maybe – They're not similar players. They're, they're not similar players, but uh, you could factor them into today's offenses pretty Yeah, well. I mean, he can, he can shoot. He'll compete. I'm not sure how he'll do defensively. Um, and I don't think he's a great 
ball mover. I think sometimes he can be a bit of a ball stopper looking for his own yeah. shot. But I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, interested to see. He's six. He's six seven. He's you know, plus athlete, plus shooter. He'll he'll go in the lottery in all likelihood. Yeah, and interesting to see you know how the lottery shakes and you know where guys where guys land. I'll keep uh keep an eye on that one. But I don't know if there's some more guys that you uh want to let, yeah. let let fly. Let me know. Oh. Um, one that I really like, even though he had a bit of a, I don't want to say disappointing season because he was productive, but maybe just not up to the standards some people had for him coming in. And that's, uh, Jalen Hood Shafino out of Indiana. Yeah. He's big guard, six six two fifteen, um, average, you know, 13 and a half, four and three, four and four on, you know, 42, 33, 78 splits, which is not. Super, super impressive, but he has a great feel for the game. And I'm a sucker for these guys that play at Montverde or IMG or any of these big, big basketball factories because it tells me they know how to play within a team. They know how to adjust to a role. And, you know, they're used to competing at a high level day in and day out. Um and so he does need to be a little bit more efficient and cut down on the turnovers a little bit. But I, I think, you know, whether he's playing more of a lead guard situation or off the ball, I think he's something that has potentially a very high value to a team in the late teens, early 20s. Hmm. In, in the same range of picks, maybe? A guy like Jordan Hawkins, what do you – uh? What do you think about that? So it's it's tough for me. Jordan Hawkins was good all year, but then he was great in the tournament. And I feel like a lot of times with players that are great in the tournament, we have rose-colored glasses on when it comes to evaluating for the draft process. So I don't know if he's going to participate in any of the combine, uh, five-on-fives or anything like that. I think that would be interesting to see if he does. Um but, I mean, just as somebody with his potential as a defender and obvious ability as a shot maker, he'll he'll go in the first round. I'm, I'm not sure how high his ceiling is because I just – I feel like there are a lot of guys similar to Jordan Hawkins in this class. And yeah. so, you know. Speaks to – yeah. Speaks to the variance bearing, that's going to happen. Yeah, no. Here's – uh, what about Zach Eady? He's in the draft, right? Technically. Where would how high would you take him? I wouldn't. Reasons being, just I mean, it's it's the same concerns I have almost with Wimby, with so so much less upside in terms of what's the longevity, how productive is he going to be able to be at seven foot four for a long span of time? But also, he's not Victor Wembanyama. He, he's slow, and so. You know, I watched the Mavs when we had Boban, and it was great. It was awesome. But if we played him more than 12 minutes in a game, we were cooked. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't I, – and I know that wasn't your comparison. But I don't know. To me, with the resurgence of, like, big men right now, and you look at the success of, like, Walker Kessler, Edie 
did he what he was supposed have, to do. He like have, he wasn't uh, he wasn't Taco Fall either. No, but Edie doesn't have that lateral mobility that Kessler has. And Kessler's look, pretty nice. For for Edie to be in the game offensively, you have to play heliocentric basketball around him. Like he's not somebody that he's going to be by the basket, anchoring everything. There's nowhere else you can put him, and that's not going to work in the modern NBA for long stretches of time. I would be that guy in the room where it's where we're like where I'm like, are we sure? Like, are, are we sure we don't just want to take the All-American 7-4 and see if he can at least be the backup? Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm very biased here, but if you want to talk about a guy that I would take at the end of the second round just because of my belief in his ability to impact the game right now, I would take Leaky Black from North Carolina. You could sell me on Leaky Black. I would have your back in the room. He's, you know, like 6'8 with probably a – close to if not seven foot wingspan can defend one through four and look in december of 2022 and Uh-oh. grant salt because he played five years right due to the extra covid year became the first unc player ever to have 600 points 500 rebounds 300 assists 100 steals and 50 blocks in his career yeah now nah, he was doing everything that's crazy. everything and he's somebody that can legitimately guard one through four in the NBA today. I'm glad you mentioned his name because he wasn't on my list to bring up specifically. And I agree with you. Well, I, I don't percent agree with you. I don't think he'll get drafted. I just think That's maybe crazy. I just think no, maybe but it's, it's, you know, it's the guys. It's like, you know, Austin Reeves was undrafted. And yep. you know. On the same team, Rui, Rui Hachimura is a lottery lock, well, and, and you don't know what you don't know what you're going to get either. And you know so who else was play out. that leaker reminds me a lot of Dorian Finney-Smith. He 100 seems like the six six, you know, two way. Dorian could shoot or that can just be in your rotation. Yep, 100. percent and that's valuable then to your bench, I think. What about Derek Lively? Oh, he's on my list, actually. He's I, I figured he would be. Yeah, he's actually um if the Mavs stay at 10, he's probably my preferred pick there. Now, I think that's a little high for Derek Lively, and I think his value to a team like Dallas is just significantly higher than it would be in most other cases. Um what kind of Player comps aren't perfect by any means, but what kind of what what impressions does he give you? Rudy Gobert. That's impactful. No, he, I mean, he needs to be more aggressive, which is part of the reason I say Rudy Gobert. But when he's locked in and engaged, he is an absolute monster on defense. He swats everything. He's a freaking pogo stick at seven foot one. Um and he would come in and be, you know, an immediate lob threat and rim protector at a very high level. Yeah, he shouldn't really fall. He shouldn't really fall past, like you said, that 10 spot. He will. No, I mean, I, I, I think his value to Dallas is higher than it is probably for any other team in the league, just because of how we're currently constructed and what we need. Um, but I, I think he's like, you know, how Walker Kessler, like you we were talking about winning the late 20s. 
I think he's somebody that could have that kind of same similar potential impact right away where it's like, because he wasn't outstanding at anything or highly, highly productive in college or maybe underplayed his high school ranking. Um, he just kind of gets glazed over a little bit, but I, I think he'll be a productive NBA player probably from day one. Yeah, it's a good group of bigs that are getting mixed in with the bigs who kind of got some early success as well in the past two drafts as well. So interesting to see how they immediately stack up. The Dallas loophole of it all, I'll <laughs> let you explain a little bit. And it, it just wouldn't be right if I didn't get your thoughts on Dallas's offseason at least a little bit. Yeah, so um, – you know, I guess we'll see what Kyrie wants to do and kind of go from there. Um, How does that feel? Like, where are you? Uh, are you pro Kyrie? Are you pro the move? Where are you pro the No, I'm – okay, so so I'm pro the move. Like, you know, Kyrie has whatever baggage Kyrie has, but he is undoubtedly one of the best offensive players I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. He is – unquestionably the best ball handler I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's nasty. And, you know, when you have the option to pair that kind of offensive talent with Luca, who I think is probably the best offensive player in the league right now, then the tandem and the potential for that tandem is something you can't pass up. Now, what it did to our rotation and did to our defensive capabilities was less than ideal. Yeah. No, yeah. The you know what? It's kind of like I just thought of this, but I feel like Dallas sort of adopted Kyrie by by making the move for him in the midst of like all the other front offices saying, you know, there's uncertainty, you don't know what you're gonna get. But this, of course there's a market because like you know, he's great. Yeah, the the city's been pretty receptive towards him thus far. I mean, like everything's been I think he'll good. I think he'll match that. And because I was like, hmm, are you even factoring him, you know, being on the roster, like being on the roster, like you said, but no, I mean, I think he that's comes just back one because one, we want him Two, I don't know how many other places do. And three, he'll probably get more money from us. Right. So like, now you guys have like adopted him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now, <laughs> and now we're stuck with him for better or worse. So like, yeah. hopefully that's better. It's like, he couldn't, at least we have him like hundred percent. No, I mean, there's it's crazy the west clearly is a toss of a rock between either making the conference finals or not you know and i will i really wanted us to tank those last few games to try and really secure a first round pick this year and now i'm kind of mad because like i was watching the warriors lakers series and no disrespect but i was watching these games i was like neither of these teams are good i'm like this is not good basketball and then you hit the point where you're like, all right, so this is what's left. Yeah, wow. dude, I was watching game six and I was angry. I was like, this is bad basketball. Like, this is trash. You didn't love LeBron's closeout stutter step on Clay and, and shuffle to, to Steph? Sure, that was nice. Whatever. Like, But it was a bad game. Like, you're a Lakers fan and even you for, couldn't for have Clay to put up a break. enjoyed watching that game. You, you might be happy the Lakers won, but there's no way you enjoyed watching that game. Oh, man. 
No, I, I feel you. If they were in the if they were in this Phoenix, I never took seriously just because it was too fresh and they weren't deep enough. And can you I believe they fired Monty Williams? I can. I definitely can. But it's it was very quick. It was him. mad quick though. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they made it seem like it was egregious what played out. And dude, he had two dogs out there in a race in a marathon where it was just like, dude, we were not equipped. And he had a third know. dog named Chris Paul, but that dog only had three legs and it's very old. I, I think that dog's out of there as well. In oh, that really? sense. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. I, sorry, I, I thought you know. Yeah, my bad. No, I feel you. Um, but so I don't know if, if hypothetically Dallas was in the mix. Anything's possible with with the way it was going down. And I'm I'm glad that this happened, though, because, dude, who else was going to beat the Warriors if they didn't play the Lakers in this round? Like, if it didn't play out like this, I think the Warriors would have got away past every team in one. Oh, no, dude. They they don't have nothing to do with coach. Denver, they probably would have. Golden State might have pulled it out in seven. I mean, maybe, but I I mean, it's – I don't know. I think I'm glad it happened, though. I'm glad it happened. I, 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 I don't. I didn't want to see much. I didn't want to see it much longer either. I kind of hope Miami can just grime it up with the Celtics and make that interesting. But I do think the Celtics are pretty clearly the superior team. Right. My concern is I don't know if they're mentally disciplined enough to show up and save the first three games of that series and play their best in those first three games and not be in some sort of two-one at. Like hey, well, I, I don't think they can get the three zero to really it, shut the door, and Miami's going to be alive in like Game Four, like very you know, alive. You know who is going to show up? Jimmy, Michael Jordan reincarnate. This is an interesting domino that got this whole off playoff. He plays insane every got playoff. Whole postseason just drunk. In terms of what people's expectations were, it's like it, uh, Jeff T came out with the story about what really went down in that practice, and Jimmy heard that and was like, "All right, bet they know, they know me." He he forgot. He was like, hey, I, "He was like, yo, that I, I, I was like, oh, I sure did. You know what? I should I should do it to him again. They're not ready for it." He's one hundred percent laughing to himself. Like at the end of the night, like, "Yo, this is oh. this is hilarious." He's, this is hilarious um, right now. I got, it's it is incredible though. It's incredible. The, the 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 game winners. The for some reason I knew they were going to win the game against Milwaukee where he hits the alley oop with a second and a half left <laughs> at the rim where it, they just had no business being there. And I'm like, I'm watching it. It's like, all right, how are they going to pull this off? They did it. <laughs> like, of course they did. Nah, man. I think they're here to take to capitalize on Boston's loose strings, whatever it may be. We'll see. I mean, we'll see if they can really hold it together. I, I think you do bring up a good point with that. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, only four teams left. Yeah, man. It is. Uh, it, it it's starting to 
we'll see. Hopefully, we I think we're getting six or seven out of both of these. So it, it, a lot's going to happen in between now and and where it really gets to shape. But yeah. it's a little disappointing that that game seven was kind of a dud. I feel like once the Embiid injury diagnosis was out before the series began, I was like, oh, I can't take him serious. I can't take him seriously now. I, I didn't get to watch, and the it game. got close. Uh, yeah, it. I can tell you, um, it was competitive in the first half, and then Embiid looked as hampered and as um, held back by the injury as he had the entire time he was like on okay. the floor trying to play, and to the point where it was like, all right, this is kind of like four on five ish because he he's getting nothing in transition, like he's barely getting up back and forth, he's trailing every play. Yep, and they're in. Tatum was locked in. He had 25 in the first half. He had 51, right? Right. And I said that because at the 25 mark, you're like, okay, he's getting 50 tonight. I I don't – there's no reason he's not getting 50 because everything's, like, just rolling. He's not forcing anything. It's just dropping. Yeah. And no surprise. He could have had 55, 56 if it was more competitive. But – so, yeah, it it was, you know, Boston – they they played with them enough to bring out what they needed to, and their ceiling is the finals. So they can't play around with Miami like that. Right. No, you can't. You got to handle your business with Miami. Yeah. Nah, man, this was good, bro. I, I have one kicker for you. All right. Bronny James, where are you? Where are you on the Bronny stock? Before so you- I – I'd be shocked. Surprise, surprise. I'm here for it. No, no, no. I, I think it's great. I love that he's going to USC. I don't I don't think USC is necessarily like the best fit. Just, you know, him, Isaiah Collier, and Boogie Ellis. That's a pretty crowded backcourt. Um, but I love that he's, you know, staying home or whatever. I, I feel bad for Ohio State that they're never going to get anyone from the James family to ever attend there for a single day. <laughs> Um, but I think Bronny's a really solid prospect. They don't need I, it, dude. They don't need it. Yeah, they don't. I don't think he should be one and done, just like based off what I've seen. Obviously, that can change with how he performs, but I mean, I think he projects as a really, really solid college player at the very worst. He's a great defender. His shot looks so much better than his dad's did at a similar age. Um, and I think he's just further along in his mental development, but you know, he's just, he's not the athlete his dad was. Yeah. I like the Bronny element in terms of, okay, now we get to watch him as a college player getting to take the ride with this transition process and him becoming probably an, you know, an NBA prospect player, whatever, whatever plays out. But because um, the, the said, the stereotypical, comparison to his dad just isn't there no there's for some very, reason very... so it's nice to just be like all right well let's see what happens so and, and naturally i like it on multiple levels because he decided to go to sc i've been hoping yep. that one of these la schools do something serious and not that he's the you know top of his class you know but I, i'm i'm intrigued in the prospect I think well i really a good thought... athlete a, a very good a-, a plus athlete and he's kind of unselfish is what I get from him. Yep, same. So that that can be winning. That can be winning I, characteristics. 
I really thought both Oregon and UCLA were better fits for him, but Oregon's obviously not in California and UCLA is obviously not a Nike school. So <laughs> man, I, you you busted that in a matter of seconds. It probably really was that simple. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. I think it's actually a really good thing for college basketball, like you said. Yep. I think it'll it'll draw some eyes on some games and He's kind of been an outlier, and and he might run it a couple seasons there. Well, and I I almost think I mean Boogie Ellis is the returner, so obviously he's not the odd man out; he's the captain. But in my mind, as a fan, I kind of wish Boogie Ellis wasn't there because I kind of want to see just Isaiah Collier and Bronny run it. You can convince me that there's room for it in whatever kind of game they want to play. Oh, and Andy Enfield will figure it out, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Same guy that did Dunk City, so like, <laughs> they'll they'll get out and run, right? It's not a big deal, but you you got me a little more excited for that. And now I'm sad that it's a ways away, but <laughs> that's good. We'll we'll rock out. We'll we'll check back in sometime between now and the draft, for sure. And we'll 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 work and divine and plan to cook something up good for the draft and afterward and summer league and all that good stuff well and once once we have the lottery out we can really kind of do like a mock draft or something like that i just i don't like doing the big boards because i think it's all so dependent on what situation and what team player ends up with yeah so. no this was a good check-in w- with where everything is right uh when it's about to get good so thanks for jumping on man yes sir thank you for having me good to see you as always and glad everything's going well i mean much love brother We will uh, do this again soon. All right, man. Later, dog. Take care.